You're listening to Your Woo Woo Best Friend, a no BS approach to wellness, spirituality, manifestation, and all things mystical. Hello, this is Andy. Welcome back to the show. This is Your Woo Woo Best Friend. We have an interview on deck for you today. This is one of those interviews that once my guest and I started talking, we could have talked for hours. This is a rather lengthy interview because there was just so much to cover with this particular incredible human being. I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. Before we get there, I want to share a couple of show updates with you. First, reviews have continued to come in. I am so grateful. I have this one from Caitlin Lee Comer Ford. And it says, this podcast is the best. I listen to it every day. Okay, Caitlin, I'm working on getting to a place where we have episodes for you every day. So thank you for committing to having your woo-woo best friend in your life on the daily. Here's another one from Hipster Grandma. Andy is super professional and is a gentle soul. Love her. Love you right back. Thank you so much for continuing to support the show. I will begin this episode by asking you, if you have not yet done so, to drop in to the app that you are listening to the show on right now. Leave us five stars if you believe that that is what we deserve, and write a review if you have not yet done so. This show is self-funded. We have a small team working on it to bring you really incredible guests and education every single week. We're going to take our first break all year long, right before the new year. Besides that, we're here every single Thursday bringing you information to support you in an attainable life transformation, something that we all 1000% deserve. I'm thrilled to let you know that this self-funded show officially has our first podcast sponsor. I will introduce you to that sponsor on next week's episode. A little teaser, I mentioned it is aligned to one of my favorite things, and that is matcha. I've been trying this product. Okay, I'll tell you who it is. It's the brand Magic Mind. I'll have a discount code to share with you. Hell, I'll go ahead and put it in the show notes today so you can get a little sneak peek if you want to try out Magic Mind with a discount code. I've been using this product for the last couple of weeks as we've been in a conversation about potentially having Magic Mind sponsor our show, and I absolutely love the brand. You're going to love it too. I'll tell you more about it next week. In the meantime, we're so thrilled to have our official first Your Woo Woo Best Friend show sponsor. Now, before we meet today's show guest, this is going to be a juicy one. I wanted to let you know, we have opened up very limited space available soul strategy readings for the month of November. These readings are all about helping you to gain clarity of purpose using human design and North Node astrology. I take the two charts, your North Node astrology chart and your human design chart. And then what we do is we consider a couple of different areas of your life, whether that is finding your highest self and really discovering your calling or looking at big life transitions that you have coming up, like moves, career path changes, or starting a business. Perhaps you want to spend a little bit of time on misalignment or blocks. We can spend time on that too. 
the intention is to look at what is your soul calling? What are you here on this planet right now to do? That's what we focus on in the reading. We cover a ton of information about your two charts. We specifically look at your North Node, which is the star of destiny, in combination with your sun gates and earth gates in your human design chart, plus your authority, your type, your strategy, all of that good stuff. So there's so much information. I record each session for you so that you can listen and ask questions and then go back and listen to integrate again later. There's that much information and I want to make sure you get it all. So if you're interested in booking a reading with me, that link is also in the show notes. These are open for November. I will likely close them again once we get filled up on the calendar and then open them again sometime in the new year. Okay, so that's available to you now. I am really loving having the opportunity to spend one-on-one time with people in this community. So there you go. It's back. It is here. I am ready to support you and making big plans for 2023. Now let's meet our show guest, shall we? My guest today is Nikki Novo. Nikki's ability to hold space for her students, her community in a gentle and powerful way has paved the way for thousands of people to become enlightened, awakened, and activated. Her work is focused on providing spiritual seekers with practical resources via her consciously curated mentorship programs and her reading method. She is dedicated to holistic health and wellness. She's been commissioned to speak for companies like Equinox, Macy's, Yahoo, Bumble, Avena, and so many others. She's been featured in Oprah Magazine, Marie Claire, on NBC, on Telemundo, and she's been a guest on incredibly popular podcasts like Almost 30, The Balance Blonde, and That's a Retrograde, and now she's here. She's the author of the number one best-selling book, The Final Swipe. She has always been a specialist in communication. We talk so much in this episode about her life, transitioning from being an editor for Refinery29 in Miami to moving to 30 acres of farmland in Western North Carolina. We talk about reading the energy of some quite controversial folks like Elon Musk and Kim Kardashian and even the Queen of England and whether they invited her in to do that or not. We each share stories of some pretty horrific breakup experiences. Yep, we're going there. And overall, Nikki truly is the woo-woo best friend that we all want and need. Welcome to the show, my guest, Nikki Novo. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Me too. We've obviously already been chatting a bit. We met originally in Chelsea Jewell's Discover Your Stars class. Chelsea's been on the show quite a few times. She's just so cool. I just... I just adore her. And okay, so I want to ask you, you were telling me you were a little bit of a Discover Your Stars dropout because you were moving from Miami to your farm during the time of the class. But certainly, you know, your big three, your sun, moon and rising sign. So what are they? I feel like that's information I have to know about you. Yeah. So it's so funny because um, I'm totally an astrology school dropout from Chelsea's class. It has nothing to do with Chelsea. She was the only person I would study with, but I was in the middle of the move. And if, 
if you guys like know me and my astrology struggles, like I have like a resistance towards astrology, which is really funny because I always wanted to like study intuition and like not be guided by anything else. Mm. So, um, but it's time for me to know about, (laughs) about (laughs) astrology and somehow I keep pushing it off, but I have watched her stuff on demand. So my big three are, I am a cancer son. I am a, um, Leo moon and I am a cancer rising. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've got that double water and a little bit of fire, which feels very aligned to someone with the intuitive gifts that you have. So yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your background, Nikki. What were you like as a child, especially? Yeah, that's like, um, it's funny because I just moved recently from Miami, Florida, which is where I'm from. I'm, you know, Cuban descent, grew up there. My husband's from there. And uh, I I lived in LA for a little bit after college because I worked in the film industry. But other than that, you know, as an adult and I haven't lived anywhere else. And it has been like a journey back to like, who am I at my essence? Like what was part of, you know, my environment and like, how did I form myself like because of this environment or like what is really like innate to me? So that question is, um, I feel like I can answer it because like I, you know, I'm basically like work, walk, I'm working through that right now. Like who am I really, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is what astrology could be good for, <laughs> uh, you know, to really kind of see like, what is the essence of my soul? And, um, I would say as a child, I was just very, uh, like loved the camera, definitely, which is kind of funny. Like all the videos, home videos, like somehow I'm sticking my face in the camera. So no surprise that I have found my, uh-huh. my little Leo self Your has Leo-ness. found some, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> exactly. And, um, extremely absorbent, like, so just very much, uh, like kind of feeling everybody's feelings and, um, also, such a dreamer. Like I was just, since I was a kid, I've always just dreamed of big things and like what's possible, very optimistic about the world. Like there was just like this joy for, for the world. And, uh, you know, my parents are immigrants, so it wasn't, uh, like super embraced. They were like, no, Nikki, like stop dreaming. You need to be a doctor kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like you need to do something that, makes money, but I think they would say that on the outside, but something energetically inside of them told me to be a dreamer and to like, and to be a doer really like also. So somehow, um, I think I was, I'm innately a dreamer. And then I really was given the ability to be a doer. And that's how I've been able to really create my dream life. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that one of the first things perhaps that you would have considered besides the work you're doing today would be in the film world because it's like bringing these stories to life in some capacity. Yeah. And then I went into media. I was an editor for many years and, um, I had a a love, I have a love for storytelling Mm -hmm. and writing and creativity. So that was definitely, um, such a beautiful part of the journey. Yeah. You were the, uh, Miami editor of refinery 29, right? That was a part of the background. Yeah. What did you learn in that environment? I'm sure that informed so much of the, the things you're doing in terms of just business building, especially in storytelling. Yeah, no, I'm super grateful for all of that. Like I worked at Fox Searchlight and uh, Lionsgate and MSN and NBC. And uh, my last full-time job was at Refinery29 before I went off on my own. 
And, um, you know, I think I got a lot of work ethic from there, which is really nice. Like at Refinery29 at the time, I was writing, you know, five to six articles a day. Wow. And, um, which is crazy, you know, like, which is like so insane. And um, people, you know, think, uh, sometimes that like, you know, the work that we do looks like really beautiful and dreamy, but it's really, it's work, you know, like you really have to be able to have that ethic and to be able, um, even to be an artist and to be a creative, like my husband always tells me, he's like, if you're a writer, you got to write, you know, like, and to be able to produce is something that, um, I'm grateful that I was able to learn that through my work. Um, also I think what was really nice about being in media is that, um, I learned that anybody can be on a platform, Mm -hmm. like anybody can be written about, like the people that write about, or the people that are kind of those gatekeepers that like get you in an article in Oprah or get you on a podcast or whatever. They're usually like a 25 year old girl, you know, that, or guy or whatever that, um, is, you know, being like your little gatekeeper. Like that's what I was. I was a gatekeeper for some like really big names. And I realized that like, you know, I'm, I was just a person. So thankfully Mm -hmm. like being on this side and like knowing that you need to collaborate, knowing that you, um, need to like, you know, share platforms and things like that. It really just evened out the playing field. I was like, everybody's human. Like, this is not that scary. It's not that big deal, big of a deal to get on like the today show or whatever show you're trying to get on. I just, uh, realized that it's just normal people on the other side who are, you know, going to decide if, you make the fit or, you know, if you're a good fit or not. So that was like always like really helpful. Yeah. Such a good lesson. You have this specialization in communications. And at that time it was very of this world, very earthly style communications. And now the work you're doing is, has shifted into quite a different type of communication, more supernatural communication. How did you start to recognize that you were gifted in communication, but communication in a different way than perhaps most of us think about. Definitely. It was such a good question. Um, so I was a publicist first, like that's what I studied and that's what I went, that's what I did in the film industry. And then I, I discovered writing because, you know, as a publicist, you're working with a lot of writers and I just was like, oh, this is a such a cool job. Like, I can't believe people get paid to do this. So um, I, you know, started to switch into writing and I think that was like the beginning of understanding channeling mm. and intuition and all that stuff. Because really like sometimes I would sit down and write and I would be like, where the hell did that come from? Like I don't, and it's funny because growing up as a kid, because I was um, more on the creative side and very flowy, I wasn't, um, I, I didn't see myself as like such a good student. My brothers were like extreme good students. So I was always comparing myself there. So I, I think there was like something in me, in me that didn't believe that I was smart, right? Like I didn't, I didn't really know. And then when I would write, some things would come out and I would be like, that is so smart. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> and I, um, and I was like, I always had this, this relationship to writing that I understood it wasn't mine, if that makes any sure. sense. And I think it was the only way for me to be able to put myself out there was to, to recognize that like these words were not like of me, they were coming through me because even as a young writer and editor, even though I was writing, you know, fashion and beauty. And, um, and at the time my first job was at a magazine, I was an editor at the local luxury magazine in Miami. 
And it was so scary because it was so permanent. I was like, I'm going to write, you know, these 500 words and they're going to like exist in this magazine forever and ever until somebody throws it away. And it's very scary to put yourself out there artistically. And the only way I was able to get past that was, it was to understand that this was flowing through me. So I, even though I was writing about bikinis, you know, or whatever it was, I understood that like, I was a vessel for this expression. So that was my, that's always been my relationship to writing. It just gave me a little bit of space to like not get super egotistical or like narcissistic about it. Mm -hmm. And it gave me space to like put myself out there because I was like, well, if it's not me, you know, if it's just something coming through me, um, then like, cool, if it fails, then it's not me either. You know, it's kind of the way that. that I was able to, to, uh, manage that creativity that was coming through me. And then, Ultimately, I um, just, you know, had to start to have a spiritual awakening. I was dating this guy who dumped me and I thought I was going to marry him. And like, of course, like I wanted to go visit a psychic. Like I needed some answers. Like I needed to understand. Actually, you know, I had always felt intuitive. I didn't know what that really meant. And I thought that when I met this guy, like I had this feeling that we were meant to be together. So actually, um, I, I was seeking a psychic after he broke up with me because I I was trying to reconcile, like, mm. why did I think this was going to be a thing? And it's not like, maybe my intuition is totally off. So that was actually like the beginning of my journey was to really understand, like, what is intuition? Am I intuitive? What's gut? What's, you know, all of that stuff. So I went to go see a psychic and, um, she was super kind and very spot on. And, um, I asked her, you know, I asked her this like funny thing. I was like, do you think like, can I do what you do? Which was so bizarre because I had a, I had a track. Like I was, you know, I imagined myself going to New York one day and all my friends were, all my friends to this day are like really big editors and, um, you know, running whole like teams. And that's what I thought I was going to do. So asking that question was kind of strange. And she's like, yeah, I like, I see you getting into the metaphysicals. And I like, did not know what that word was. Like, it just sounded like you're going to become a wizard. And I was like, <laughs> cause I didn't know I'm metaphysical. It's like kind of like, you know, when you're in school and you're, you, they put this vocabulary word that you don't know, but based off the other sentences around it, you're supposed to like decipher, <laughs> you know, what that word means. And I'm like, I think she just called me a wizard. Like I'm pretty sure she told me I was going to become a wizard. It's like what I got from the word metaphysical. And she was right. Like as soon as I was done with that um, session, I was fascinated by like what this lady was able to do because I was raised Catholic, Cuban parents. Like this was a big, big no-no to like go see anybody like this. So I had not experienced it until then. And when I met this person, I was like, I just had so many questions. I, I was so interested in how she was able to do what she could do. And her story was that she was like that since she was a kid. And, um, you know, that she was like this crazy person, basically. It was like kind of the way she explained it to me. But she was kind enough to tell me that there were some books that I could read and, you know, things like that. So I did. I started to study on my own and I was super fascinated by it, which I think is always like a sign of like where you're meant to go. You know, like I think when we're asking ourselves, like, what's our purpose? I mean, start with what fascinates you, you know, what like intrigues you. I was super intrigued by this, like such a nerd about like studying this stuff. And um, I started to train myself and then I had some random, uh, I took some like random certifications. Like I was interested in hypnotherapy, still just doing it on the side, like never in my wildest dreams, 
never, you know, like my mom is still processing my career. So like, I just never thought I would be doing this work. And, um, I was just doing it for fun. Like I was just really curious and I just started to train myself. So that, the fact that I like almost, that I trained myself to be intuitive was also fascinating to me because that opened up a whole can of worms for me because I was like, well, if I just trained myself to be intuitive, never showed any signs as a kid that I was, can't tell you an experience about not even a ghost under my bed. Like I, I can't remember any of those experiences. So if I just trained myself, then then what does that mean about humanity? Like, I was like, does that mean that, can we all do it? Um, you know, like I had these theories that it's like the evolution of the species. Like I, the more that I teach people to activate their intuition, the more I'm like, holy crap. Like, you know, there was a time that we walked on all fours and now we're walking on two legs. And there was a time that we used our brain for one thing and we're really you know, trying to use our brain for other things. And there's so much we don't know about the brain. And to see that I brought myself and like just the things I'm able to pick up still, even though I've been doing it for 10 years, I'm still fascinated. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, when somebody comes back and they're like, you know, you said I was going to meet this person in February and I did and we're married. And I'm like, damn it, I'm good. (laughs) Like, how did I do that? (laughs) You know? And, um, and again, I think that all comes from being able to know that I'm a vessel. And I think that that's part of, you know, how I was able to do mm-hmm. that. Because we can all do it. When someone asks yeah. you that question, but can we do it? Can I actually do it? We can do it. It's a matter of how we open up to it, right? Yeah, I think um, I, I, can, I, I can teach anybody is like what I always say. But um, you have to have the interest mm-hmm. for sure. Like, I think it's like anything, you know, if your kid comes to you and you want them to play football, but really what they want to play is tennis. I don't think they're going to be such a great football player, you know, like, so you do have to have the interest. And I think some of us just innately have more of an interest. I definitely think that it has to do with the age of the soul too. Like I get these very old souls yeah. that I feel like are coming from other places, like even other, you know, star systems and stuff like that, that like, this is more natural to like, they've done this before. So I think that they have a little bit of a, maybe an unfair advantage or something like that. Cause there's like kind of, there's definitely like a remembering process to it. But I think that like the interest and the fascination is usually part of, uh, you know, what tells us also that this is like an older soul. But I mean, I've, I've taught my kids, you know, and like, it's not like they really had an interest. It's just their mom does it. So like (laughs) they're going to have to, um, my, you know, Danica, who's the president of my company, who's somebody that like had no interest in like intuition, like just seeing how she's learned throughout the years, like, and how intuitive she is, you know, my husband, like, so people that I wouldn't say were like, super interested, but like, because they were so close to me, it was just going to happen. And to see them operate the way they operate now is also like really, really interesting. And then of course the people that show up to my programs, they have like, you know, they, they have, they have the makings of a good intuitive because they're super excited about it. And that definitely helps. Mm, Yeah. I want to go back to that experience of your, your, the moment when the breakup happened and you had this awareness that, okay, I thought my intuition was saying one thing, but clearly I was getting something else. And then the actual experience was completely outside of the realm of what I expected. 
how do we begin to, how do we start to navigate that when we think, when we think our intuition is guiding us down one path and is obviously lovingly carrying us forward. And then it's like something just blows it out of the, just blows everything out of the water. How do we, how do we start to navigate that? Thanks for asking that question, Andy, because I, I did was like, I want to close that loop there. So there's a few things that happen and I, I'll tell you like kind of what happened to me. And I'll also tell you like what I see when I'm reading people and um, when I'm working with clients. So one thing about that relationship was, and this is a tricky part about some of these relationships is that I recognized that person, my ex-boyfriend. I mm. like, if you've ever met somebody, they're like, I know this person. I did not have the words for it because I was not into any of this stuff like at the time. And you know, what I would define him as is a soulmate, somebody that I have lived another lifetime with, which, you know, my, me and my child can be soulmates. Me and my, the boss that I hate can be soulmates, right? Like soulmates are not just romantic, but this was somebody that like we had been together. We've had a contract together. I think it's extra potent when you meet a soulmate that you've had a romantic relationship with in the past too. And I think when you meet somebody that you recognize, you kind of automatically your human self thinks that like, oh, well, this must means we're meant to be together forever. So I did not, I, I did not understand why I was being, at the time I thought that intuition meant what you're being pulled to. And if you're being pulled to something, then it must be guaranteed mm. and it must be accurate and, and correct. And as I've, the more I study intuition, the more I practice it, the more I um, am humbled by the mystery that is the, the pools that take us down paths. So I, I, the reason I got to that psychic was because I never wanted to fuck up again. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was like, tell me where I went wrong. Tell me how I can like avoid that again, because I do not want to get my heart broken again. Like I, I wanted to get like super strong in knowing what was a yes and what was a no. And I know that a lot of my students come to me for that as well. And I would never judge them because that was me. I got into intuition for perfectionism. You know, I was like, well, maybe if I could really understand my my gut and kind of what's what's taking me down these different paths, then I'll never have to make a mistake again. Like that is like, I don't have to experiment. I don't have to get my heart broken. Like, you know, I can just go down the right path and, you know, whatever, have a great life. So... I think that was my first mistake, right? Like I thought that intuition meant not only is like this the person you're supposed to hang out with for now, but it's going to be like the only person. And the truth is I, you know, like looking back, I was drawn to that person to have that awakening. Number mm -hmm. one, um, he was really somebody who, um, was a champion for my, for my artistic expression. He started my first blog, which like actually brought me to the work that I'm here today. Like I would not have started that without him. So we had contracts together and, um, I see soulmates as guides for this lifetime, you know, like that we were up in spirit school together and we were like, Hey, when you're 24, I'm going to meet you and I'm going to, we're going to do these things together. I'm going to break your heart. It's going to be so fun. I'm going to break your heart. And like, you're going to be super pissed and it's going to be dramatic, but it's going to be so fun. And it's going to cause this amazing awakening. And it's going to throw you down this path of meet a psychic. And there was so much destiny in that breakup. And, um, my intuition was telling me to go there because I was meant to go there, not because I was guaranteed to marry this person. And that is where we go wrong a lot with our intuition. We label it 
um, we don't understand that intuition is not promising is not promising you shit. It's just telling you to either go left or to right, and you know it's telling you like there's something here. You gotta you gotta look into it. You gotta follow it, but it's not telling you you know it's not guaranteeing you anything, and that is like where we get it wrong. And then there's also like when I start to do readings, there's a lot of interesting things that happen as well. Uh, some souls like will take these like upgrade moments, like they'll, ha- they'll come with a contract and let's say that contract was to be with the sky and to like live that life that I was meant to like live with that person. But as I'm dating that person, let's say I have an ascension and I like my soul actually renegotiates the contract and says, you know, I know I was like on the regular track, but I want to take the AP track. And, um, you know, the world is kind of, um, the, this is kind of like really big stuff, but like the world is not, um, the world is always evolving. So like even God is not fixed. Like the universe is not fixed. It is constantly evolving. So even though the soul can come with this like awesome contract, when it lands here, it's like, oh my gosh, like there's these opportunities that I could not have planned for and they're showing itself. And I I really want to take them. Like, yeah, it would be cool to marry this musician and take this track and like be a, you know, be an editor and all that stuff. But like the world is contracting in this way. And there's these, there's a space for me to take an AP road. So the, the soul will like renegotiate its contract we don't know what's happening. We look at it as like, my life is falling apart, you know, basically. And that's the way the human understands it. But when you read the energy of what's happening, um, the person is actually taking an upgrade. So I bet if I was read in that moment too, there may have very much well been like, oh, this girl, this soul, she went for it. Like she, she had it as a backup. She was like, well, best case scenario, maybe I can take this track. But at the time, you know, like, was I aware enough? Like, did I, you know, whatever, whatever. And, um, we'll see these upgrades every once in a while in the path. So that's always kind of like a scary moment. And that's also why, you know, like, I think that if you've ever, even like, let's say you have a business and you, you're like, felt super passionate about this one project and you go through with the project and you're super excited. And then like, you know, after a year or two, you're like, I don't know, I can't believe this, but I don't feel it. I like really feel I'm supposed to shut this down. Like I don't feel it anymore. And that's really scary because you're like, when I felt it two years ago, I really, really felt it. And now I don't. And a lot of that too is like the soul might've taken advantage of a few ascension moments, which Mm -hmm. then changes the path. And um, the contract, as much as we would love to have like a fixed contract, when we're on earth, we are constantly negotiating it, even when we're here. And that's where it gets a little tricky and scary at the same time. Um, But if you always just have the North Star that like, you just, perhaps your soul just wants to live the most expansive life it can this lifetime, then yeah, it's going to have a lot of these like reworking of the contract, but you can also slow it down if you want to. And it's totally okay to take the, the not AP class. Like it's okay to take honors and not take AP. Like you don't have to, but we do see these very aggressive souls that show up and like they, you know, they try to up the upgrade, which also looks like 
um, a complete, um, that's like when you would pick, pick the tower card mm. in tarot, you know, you would be like, it's a complete collapse of a, of a, of a timeline to go into a higher timeline. And it's never, it's scary. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you about, I have, I'm, I'm like, okay, how do I want to go here? I think I'm going to go here. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little context to where, where this question is going through like a personal life experience. So I had, I had this experience when I was, I think I was 23. I had a boyfriend. He was very much a soulmate boyfriend. We had also, we had dated in high school. I had left and gone to college. We reconnected after college. I always kind of envisioned him later on as like, he was kind of that like swashbuckling pirate who like in many lifetimes probably slit my throat, but I was like fully enamored with him up until the moment when he slit my throat. Oh, I was totally murdered by that boyfriend <laughs> yes. too. I totally get you. Yeah. So it was like, I, I know that that was like his vibe, but he was so charming and like has probably done this to me in many, many lifetimes. So I reconnected with him when I was 23. We were dating. It was getting pretty serious. We were getting ready to move in together. There was some other, there was some life things going on. And the long and short of it is right before I was moving in with him, he broke up with me and got back together with an ex-girlfriend, got engaged and married her. Like all, all like in a matter of like maybe, maybe six months. It happened very quickly. And I was of course like fully devastated. I was like, once again, he was like slit my throat and like that this is what's happened. And I think a lot about that time in the, in the context of what would have happened, what path my life would have taken if I had moved in with him at 23 years old and gone forward in that relationship, it would, my life would just look so incredibly different than the life that I live now. I know that he's probably still like living in our hometown. And I think he probably still works for his family business that he was working for then. Like, it's just, it would have he's been definitely bald and fat too. Andy. I mean, <laughs> I come on. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think he definitely is all just of gonna that. Throw that in there. You guys, <laughs> you're, you're definitely so right. Bald and fat. <laughs> you're so right about that. So I think about that and okay. So then my this is one of the things that has happened with that whole experience. And this is, I think, where my question is going. I know that in those that time period, that like 23, 24-year-old time period when that all went down, that I definitely moved to a new timeline. I know that that happened. And I have a really hard time remembering the experience of what happened. And like a therapist would say, well, you're suppressing some of it. Well, probably I am suppressing some of it, but I've done like EMDR and hypnosis and a lot of that. And I can bring it forward, but I'm not triggered by it at all. There's like no like, oh, if that, you know, if that hadn't happened to me and, you know, feeling for this young version of me, I don't, I don't have any emotion attached to it. I feel like a part of that move, that timeline shift. And the reason I can't exactly recall it is because when I left that timeline, I just left the memories on that timeline, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I even had to call, I, I was, I was like working on something recently and I called my best girlfriend from high school who she and I are still close. And I was like, this did happen, right? Like, I'm not imagining <laughs> that this happened. And she's like, nope, that's how it went down. Like she could recall it really well. And she could recall the conversations that she and I had had. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I just had to double check because I sometimes don't, I can't place it in this lifetime. So I think my question is, 
Is that what does happens? The, yeah, what happens there? Is that a thing? Um, I actually, so this is very, um, I'm sorry you went through that, but again, like you said, yeah, it's like, all good. whatever, different. Yeah. Great. Um, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have had something similar to that, but I actually, what I'm getting from this is that there was, um, I'm getting that there's like, he's a bit of like a lower vibrational being yeah, and, um, that there was actually like divine intervention here. Probably. Like it feels to me almost like, um, that you're like a star seed and that like some of your, um, some of your star friends, like your star soulmates, like came in and, and which, um, actually forgetting that way is actually a very like ET experience. That's mm-hmm. why like people that have like visitations and stuff like that, they like don't remember how they got back. Like they don't remember, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, I was on a spaceship, but I don't know like how I got back and stuff like that. So that's like a, that's like a trademark of that kind of intervention. Mm-hmm. So, um, my, uh, my sense is that like you had a more important soul purpose yeah, and um, that like there needed to be almost like he was ushered into that other life himself. Like he was pushed into that other life to not mess with you mm-hmm. and like to not mess with your path. And a lot of like, kind of like there was in your sense, almost like no need for, um, the like remembering or the trauma of that experience because that that was also not going to be necessary for the path Mm. is the way that I see it. So I know it's a little out there. I'm into it. um, But yeah, that's, that's like a trademark of um, what we see like in divine, like divine intervention. Mm. Yeah. I feel that. I mean, and, and that like, when I look back at it, I mean, Ben and I have talked about this quite a few times and he's like, you know, my God, can you imagine, and, you know, Ben, Ben and I are so on the same, we're just like, so on the same wavelength and very much are also soulmates, but in that, like, we are working this path together, like for all of this lifetime and probably many, many lifetimes and recognize that we both had to go through stuff to like get to each other in this lifetime. So when we talk about it, he's like, we both are like, whoa, how weird would that have been to have actually, like, it just doesn't even feel like it could have been possible for me to have ended up with that person. But I was in just, you know, I grew up in like, I grew up in a town in a, you know, a kind of a fair, fairly like straight laced city in a suburb. And there was not a lot of you like, do. you get married yeah. at 22. <laughs> right. And so I was like, kind of, I went to, you know, I studied communications at like a math and science school and was, you know, maybe going to work in pharmaceuticals and, you know, that was kind of like what I was thinking about doing. And when Ben and I chat about it, we're both like, whoa, isn't that so weird that like there was even a moment where that, that I was pursuing that path. And after that experience happened, I certainly went through some like self-sabotage and like chose people that were certainly not necessarily good for me. But I also really started to experiment with life path. I started trying things out. I got really curious and that I definitely needed to do in order to have the evolution that I've had. Definitely. And also to like, um, almost before negotiating the the path, being able to be like, well, can I try some on, you know, mm-hmm. like, can I go into the fitting room and try a few on to see like what would actually, would actually works until really feeling, um, I also get the vibe, Andy, that like you have a big um, purpose that like you're almost like only beginning is kind of the 
the vibe that I get. And sometimes when a soul knows that their purpose is maybe something that feels a little scary to them because maybe it's a little too big, it's a little bigger than them, there's a lot of um, denial and a lot of, um, oh gosh, what's the word? Like almost like going into circles a little bit mm-hmm. to, you know, to delay the that true, you know, um, that true moments, the hero's journey, right? Sure. It's like, like the hero is like pretending like it doesn't, no, 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 wrong person. Like you didn't pick, like you got the wrong girl. Like I'm not meant to do that or to live into that. So lots of sabotage, denial, going into circles yeah. until finally it's like, I surrender. Like I am your humble servant and I will, you know, walk the path that you're calling me to. Mm. And I'm going to try to like not be afraid of it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I picked... I picked boyfriends that inevitably as in some way my star would start to rise, they would really want to keep me small. And I would realize like at the point where the breakup would, would be happening. And then I had two cases of fairly long-term relationships where I ended up having to, to end those relationships. Cause I was like, dude, I thought you had my back. Like I thought you were like about me doing whatever my thing would be. And then I would realize that like, Oh no, that is not, that is not where we're at. You definitely want to keep me small. And, you know, we all have to, we all have to navigate our own self-worth and certainly surrounding ourselves with folks that are not going to get our backs is no good. And that was something I really realized was, Hey, I'm navigating my own self-worth. I don't need you taking me. I don't need you suppressing what's possible too. So like, this is not going to work. And I think some of, I mean, I think that's such an interesting thought. And I I think some of us even get used to not having support. Like we get used to like having people in our lives that don't believe in us, that don't support us. So it's like, just becomes like natural. Um, I know that was the case for me. Like my um, parents definitely gave me the message to dream big, but there was no support of like, um, very, like just no support of like my dreams truly. So I, so so I I surrounded myself around people that didn't believe in my dreams, but Mm -hmm. I would keep them in my life anyways. And, um, when I met my husband and he, it was, and he is my biggest support. It's really hard to accept that love on some days, you know, it's just some days that I just like it's hard for me to accept that somebody wants to cheer me on and actually like believes in me. So I think that that's also part of like kind of how we end up in these situations. Cause it's like, you get used to not having that. Yeah. How do we stop? I'm thinking about your book. You, you have a best-selling book called the final swipe and you talk a lot about in the book dating and that whole process and dating and the experience of just having anxiety and fear of the future and going into situations in which we know there's red flags, which is certainly what I did. And it takes a long time to like really see those red flags. So how do we stop getting ourselves into dating situations and start that, that are going to take us down that path of no support or getting used to that, you know, that just like, it doesn't really feel great here, but it's you know, it's kind of the best I'm getting right now. How do we, how do we get out of that stuff and start creating our own, our own fate and our own path and our relationships? Yeah. And and really getting on our true path truly, because like, especially when we're repeating patterns, we're definitely not on our path. Like, because our path is, is not a 
it's not a bunch of repeating of patterns. It's like a totally yeah. beautifully new kind of a trailblazing. Like when you're trailblazing, you know, you're on your, your own path. Um, and trailblazing means like, I'm just not repeating what's been done before me or what's been, you know, all that stuff. And, um, what I would say is like, when you're, you know, really trying to be intuitive about this process of dating and being like, okay, I want to kind of, I, I want to be present. You know, it's tricky because you want to be present. You like really want to be there. You don't want to be like overthinking the guy or the girl or, you know, or the person you want to like try to be on the date or, you know, be present in that moment. But at the same time, you want to um, feel the red flags or like whenever they show up. And what happens is like um, a few things you have to like, not gaslight yourself because sometimes like some of us are so used to be mm -hmm. like, Oh, you're just such an over, you're too picky. You're, you know, overreacting or like, you know, you overthink everything. So we definitely have to care for ourselves in that moment and really, you know, when something pops up to first ask myself, like, am I being judgmental? Cause like in dating that we're trying to protect ourselves, you know, we're trying to, not make a mistake again, right? Like we're trying to, you know, not get hurt, blah, blah, blah. So it's very easy to like judge ourselves through the process, but we have to stop and be like, okay, like, is that my intuition? Like, is that coming from, you know, like my truth or is that like me being afraid? So we constantly have to, you know, play with those two things. Like, am I being afraid or am I, you know, like really coming from my heart here? And then also like, I do find that those of us that repeat patterns in dating, which, you know, like, like you said, like dating the guy that's not right for me and kind of finding myself in these patterns and like, why do I keep attracting that or whatever? We have to um, develop a palette for something else. So I, I yeah. see it as like, I have a palette for cheeseburgers and I really need to like develop a palette for like filet mignon or whatever, mm -hmm. or like greens, whatever, you know, seems healthy to you. Because what's happening is that like the the chicken, you know, the cheeseburger or the cookie tastes like really damn good, you know, like, so we are in a way, you know, like that's, um, that's the palate. I'm sure you had that experience. Like totally. Sometimes you're from a small town, let's say, and you know, you've been eating Bojangles over here, which is like a new <laughs> thing for me. I've never seen a Bojangles in my life. <laughs> and people like, I've been telling me, they're like, Oh, the, um, what did they say? Like the, like their like bread or something mm -hmm. like is really good here. And finally, We've, we've been, we 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 like celebrated one year of being here and my husband's like I think it's time Nikki I'm like what time for to what to go He's to the like, Bojangles we got, we're gonna have to try <laughs> Bojangles and I was like Benny that is like my deepest fear and he's like, no, no, we got to go. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to taste what people have told me. Uh -huh. Like even my pediatrician told me to go trade try these biscuits. Mm -hmm. So I go and I'm like, interesting. Mm -hmm. This is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And because I don't have a palate for it and there are, but I'm sure if I told them to come to Miami and have a Cuban coffee, they'll be like, Whoa, this is like crazy, <laughs> but I've developed a palate for that, you know? And I think it's the same thing when we're like dating something that's like not good for us. Like we've developed, like we love the biscuits. Like mm -hmm. we don't know that they actually suck until you go to Italy and have like a whole homemade croissant. So You're like, good. Oh wow. Yeah. Like had no idea that I, you know, have this like, um, palette that goes for like shitty stuff because it's all I know. So we do have to start to make other things attractive. Like, um, I have a client right now who's like getting to this place that I've been wanting her to get to where she is like, keeps getting hurt by like the same person. And the other day she's like, you know, it's just, it's kind of 
getting unattractive for me. And I, and I, and I, I'm scared of being that. And I'm like, no, this is amazing. Like you are unattracted to the cheeseburger, you know, like you are finally, so, so don't be afraid to like change that and to get grossed out by the things like, you know, like really even saying it like, oh, a guy that is avoidant or whatever, or is not consistent, that's gross. That's not sexy. Like to say that out loud to yourself. And then like, you know, when a person shows up and shows interest, like, oh, that's so sexy. Even it's kind of like putting a mantra in you because you might not, your body might not be used to that. It's kind of like, what's that, um, there is that statistic that like people that grow up with like a parent that's a smoker, like they are attracted to the smell of cigarette smoke and like they will seek out people that smoke because um, that's what feels good and, and comforting for them, even though it's, you know, proven to not be healthy for you. So it's the same thing here. Like you have to label and state and declare what is sexy and what's not sexy mm-hmm. and really... Um, teach yourself to, to have a refined palate for what is actually good for you. And that is part of loving yourself. And that's part of being a good parent to yourself. And it's a part of like giving you the best shot to like truly live that soul's path. That's such a great way of thinking about it. And, and the example that I shared with you, I mean, that was very much what I was doing. And I, I could, I could recognize that I was, you know, that I was doing this patterned thing that I was dating the same guy over and I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. He's a Taurus and he does this. And like, this is what, you know, <laughs> this is, this is the vibe. Like I get it. And, um, this palette idea is such a, it's such a good way of thinking about, you know, how do we become more refined and what tastes good for us. And truly as someone who grew up in North Carolina and now you live in North Carolina, the Bojangles example is so right on. I have to tell you, I, of course, as like a 23 year old, when I was dating that shitty guy, loved the Bojangles because I grew up with it. And then I was in Asheville, I don't know, maybe five years ago with Ben, my fiance, when this episode comes out, my, my husband, and I was like, we got to go to the Bojangles. We went and I was like, I'm sorry. I remember it being quite different. Like he was like, I'm not really getting it. Like this is what you wanted me to, to try. I was like, everybody was telling me about the Bojangles. So I, I tried and I was like, guys, I, but it's kind of like when I remember once, um, I think I was pregnant with my second son and a Burger King um chicken sandwich looked real good to me at that time because I loved them when I was a kid and I was like well I'm pregnant anything goes when you're pregnant so I went to go get myself that that delicious uh you know chicken sandwich from from Burger King and I vomited like afterwards because I was like damn it in my mind it was so much more delicious I remember being nine and loving that thing and I was very disappointed to find out that I outgrew the palate which is a good thing yeah you you have refined and moved along from the chicken sandwich and yes. me from the Bojangles. It's a good thing. Okay. So I kind of love when you dive into celebrity moments, like the recent Drew Barrymore, Justin Long reunion, um, that collective anger a couple months ago about Kylie's plane rides. I was listening to the Elon Musk episode about his energy, his higher self. What's it like for you to explore these types of topics? Yeah, it's super fun. So um, I, on my podcast, Ask Nikki Novo, read the energy of celebrities that did not ask for a reading from me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just out of um, 
curiosity. And it's funny because I, you know, I guess from being in the film industry, I was never super attracted to these like celebrity stories or anything like that. It was part of my job. Um, Never, you know, was around a lot of celebrities, like just never a big deal for me. So I never thought that I would ever see that in my work again. But as I, you know, really want to get the spiritually, the spirituality message, these messages out to people, I have to think about like, you know, it's like medicine that you have to put a little sugar in it. You know, my, my kids are not going to take medicine unless it tastes kind of sweet. Right. So I think we're, we're definitely moving away. Like it's been shoved down our throat to like fix ourselves and heal ourselves and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just like, yeah, like no more. Like we're super over that. I'm bored of it. And we don't want life to be so serious. Like we just want to like be happy, you know, basically. Um, but yeah, there are things that like we have to still heal within ourselves, but like, can it be fun was really like what, mm-hmm. um, why this came to be. So I used to have a podcast that was like very metaphysical and, you know, whatever spiritual. And I'm naturally like fun. And that's just kind of my vibe. I, you know, I, I'm Hispanic. So everything is a freaking joke over there. Like you're dying and they're telling you jokes. And, um, I just thought like it would be fun to teach these lessons and to just have these conversations about what's happening as a, you know, you know, in ourselves, through the collective, through these celebrities who like, you know, they have put themselves out there. So it's like free game. So, because really like when, what's interesting is that, you know, we all know that when we look at people, whatever we're seeing is like, there's some sort of reflection for us. There's some sort of lesson for us. So celebrities, some days I'm like, I don't even know if they're, the only reason I know they're real because I've physically seen them like by working with them. But sometimes you think about these people and you're like, are these even like real people? Mm-hmm. Like what's really happening? But there's so many like stories and lessons for them to teach us. So that's how I decided to do like the readings of the celebrities. And then um, my listeners and the people that, you know, follow me on Instagram, like they always give me the ideas because I'm like so not in touch with pop culture, which is I think why I'm good at reading it because I don't like know too much of the backstory. And they always like give me like the people that are interested <laughs> in. And, you know, of course, Elon Musk was like a big one. We, I just, um, I think next episode it's um, Kim Kardashian. So there's like the obvious ones that, you know, like people would want to read. And it's a process. So the first thing is like you have to, um, and I teach this in my my programs. Like, you can't. I mean, you you can you can think you can read just anybody, but souls, like especially some of the more advanced ones, you'd be surprised like how well they are at protecting their energy. So like I might think I can read you, Andy, but like if you didn't give me permission you can be putting up some like crazy barriers and and I'll get it all wrong or whatever. So you first have to like get permission. And because I'm not physically getting permission, so like in my readings, I'm getting permission because the person's paying me and that's what they're coming for. So it's free, you know, I I can go in and I can get as much information. But the soul, like sometimes even if they paid me, like will protect itself and like not really let me in. So I have to ask the soul to like put down its walls so like I can actually read them. Um, so that's always a process. So the same thing with these like celebrities. So I can't physically ask them for permission, but I can go through meditation, connect with their with their soul, their energy, and get like an okay or or not okay. And there are have there has been some that I've been wanting. Like people ask for the queen, and um, they ask for um, who else was it? 
And the queen was like, she had just passed away. Like, um, there was not too, like, especially a mediumship, like you want to let the soul go to rest for a little bit and give it some time. And she was like, I can give you some stuff, but it was like, just not the, you know, wasn't the time. So I was like, I can't do it, even though I know it's timely. And even the editor in me is like, oh, this is timely and stuff, but um, you'll get some no's. So that, um, so that's like the process. And then, yeah, it's kind of scary. I'm not going to lie because you're just like, oh my gosh, like I, am I making this shit up? Like I have no (laughs) idea, but it's, I think it's the next as a reader and as an intuitive, it's it's a challenge for me and I'm always up for a challenge and that's how you get stronger. So I'm going to do this crazy thing for at least a season and um, and people are really enjoying it. And what's great is I don't get feedback from the client, which would be the celebrity, but um, a lot of people who listen, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I, had the, I, I, I was getting the same vibes from Elon Musk or like I thought the same thing. So that is validating. Mm-hmm. What what. I'm not going to give it away, but what you said about Elon Musk, I totally got the same vibes. I was like, of course, that's okay. it. Of course, that's it. Yeah. And then I have to ask, because it's not out yet, did Kim let you in? Oh, yes, she did. I, yes, I had yes, a feeling yes. she, she would. Was like, <laughs> Kim was like, the more people talking about me, the better. Mm-hmm. That was her vibe. <laughs> I was never a Kardashian person in any capacity until this new show came out, and now I am, in fact, watching it. Andy, me too. That's And so I'm kind of loving it. Yes. Isn't that funny? Yeah. The same. And actually the question that they asked me about Kim Kardashian is kind of, it's like, um, the question that the following was asking me, the listeners were asking me, was like, is she having an up level? Yeah. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it's so funny. Like, I guess, yeah, I never, mm-hmm. ever watched the old, um, whatever, but people, because they told, because they asked this question, I was like, what's going on? So I watched and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, and I wonder, I, I would imagine that perhaps it's because like, maybe they have more freedom this time. Sure. Like if it sound like what I was getting was that like her in the read, I talk about this a little bit, like her, um, there was so much like almost like red tape around how they, how she was doing things that now there's like more freedom. And maybe that has a lot to do with even like the contract that they have for this show versus the show that they had on E. Sure. It makes sense. Yeah. There was a moment where Ben came in and I was watching it and he was like, I really cannot believe this is happening. And I was like, (laughs) I don't want any comments because I really am into it. And not because he's like, what, you just want to like see the bad stuff happen. And I was like, no, there's something beautiful going on here. And I'm actually not going to even try to describe it to you. I'm just going to like sit with it. I agree. I was getting mm-hmm. the same thing, Andy. Like I thought like, you know, as much as people make fun of the, the momager, like mm-hmm. I was like, there's a lot of love here. You yeah. know, there's a lot of support, you know, for, you know, here as well. So I thought mm-hmm. that was like interesting. So when I read Kim Kardashian, one of the messages about like her soul, I was like, what's your purpose? Like, what's the soul purpose? And a lot of what Kim's soul does for us in the collective, like why, what she mirrors and kind of shows us is she showed like her and even the family, her the most, she's kind of like the matriarch of in that sense, or like the star, you know, in many Mm -hmm. ways. And she reflects back to us, like where the consciousness is. So they are a reflection of like the average Mm. of the consciousness. So for instance, like we, like we were just sharing that we were just, we're watching the, the Hulu one. And, um, there's some love there, you know, and Mm -hmm. that is reflecting to us that like, you know, we have gone through a lot of healing and all this shit the last few years as a collective. And even though it feels still crazy, they're like the medium, they're like the average. 
of where the collect, there's going to be, of course, people that are way above, you know, consciousness wise, whatever. And there's going to be a ton of people below consciousness wise, but they are the average of conscious consciousness for us. And that's what they reflect back to us. So they're like our meter. Like this is like where we're at. Yeah. I feel that completely. And I am, I am like for anyone else that like gives me a tiny bit of judgment around watching it. I'm just going to be like, look, this is, go listen to Nikki's episode about they Kim's reflect, purpose. They are a reflection of our consciousness. <laughs> right. So I think what's happening, Andy, is that you and I, maybe we were like, um, when they were, you know, at E or something, maybe our consciousness was, a, was above, like, you know, ahead of that a little bit, like that did not call, but they've almost like caught up, let's say. So now we're almost like on the same page a little bit um, because they've had their own, you know, healings and awakenings mm-hmm. and you know making sense that they're starting a new chapter and like that's why we like meet them here yeah yeah I mean I watch all three of you know the Chloe Courtney and and Kim and I'm like I I, I can vibe with them I, I they they're like yeah. they're like I can see them actively working to experience yeah. their own evolution to be in that place yeah. of finding finding their own healing and transforming I can see them doing that so yeah yeah and part of the readings that I do them too is to kind of answer that question, like, are they a good guy or a bad mm-hmm. guy? Because a lot, I think a lot of us like in this space, we're just like, oh, Elon Musk, like, is he like a negative being? And Kim Kardashian, is she like a, um, you know, whatever, and uh, a reptilian or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I like to go in there and to, be, to, to remind us that the world is not as bad as we think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I haven't read any reptilians yet. So okay. I'll be on the, I'll be listening to see when it happens. But people have been asking me things like, will you read Trump? Will you read Biden? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go there guys. I have no Ooh, interest in that. So yeah. Let's stick to our celebrities for now. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not ready to be that controversial. Yeah. Yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, it's so good. So good. Okay. I want to ask you before we wrap up, tell me about life on the farm. You moved from Miami, the city out into the country in Western North Carolina. You've got a 30 acre farm. Tell me about farm life. You're probably like, why would you ever do that, Nikki? I know. I, I get know it. I totally, I totally, I get it. Like Western North Carolina is beautiful. And I don't know. I feel like in our lifetimes, there's like times to be in that like kinetic energy of city. And then there's times to like be out amongst the stars and the earth and the animals. So I feel, I feel it. I'm into it. I agree. I, I totally agree with that. Like I, I mean, I loved growing up in Miami. I loved um, living in LA. Like when I did, like I needed that. I would have never like asked for anything else. And yeah, like I guess it's so basic that now that like I'm a mom of three and you know, whatever, that's like when I wanted to move (laughs) to the country. But uh, we're loving it. You know, it's definitely been a bit of a detox is like what I say. And I'm, I'm really you know, Miami is uh, like any of you that are from like those very thick cultures, you know, like it was, there's a lot of kind of staying in that web and like, you don't, sometimes you don't know if you're moving a certain way because the web is moving you or if you're really moving yourself that way. So there was, I I call it like an identity web, like you're, you're trapped in an identity web. And I really like, couldn't always see myself, you know, and I, I, I got as far as I could. Like, I was like, okay, I became an intuitive. I did something weird. I like, you know, I, I really like carved out this like little space for myself in that world, but I still felt that, um, 
it wasn't enough. Like I feel like I did as much as I could there. And what's funny is that um, when I moved, my business expanded, like my kids have grown tremendously. So that feeling of being like, this is as far as I can get here was accurate. Um, I knew, I, and like literally needed more space, you know, like going from, you know, we had a nice lot there. We were living like on an acre and a half, but then going into 30 acres really did give us like the space, I guess I was seeking. And it wasn't physical space. It was, um, really like space to be myself. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's been really cool. Detoxing has been very interesting. Like, like, uh, definitely speed, which my um, Danica, who works for me, she just moved from New York to Miami. And she's like, it's so slow over here. And I'm like, oh, that's so funny. Like it's um, slow only because you came from New York. So I think that, and I'm sure a lot of people who are moving around are adjusting to different paces. So like definitely adjusting to the pace, but it was very necessary for me. So that um, has been very interesting. The land um, is very potent. So like what we grow and we have spring water that comes from the land that has affected my body. Like, um, my, our brain has gotten, which they say this, there's a lot of studies that like, um, if you spend a certain amount of time in nature, like you, your brain gets clear and that has definitely happened to us. But I think some of it is like, we're ingesting the land a lot, mm-hmm. um, through the things that we eat and the drinking of the water. I hike the property pretty much every day. We just moved, we were building a house. So we were living at a little guest house at the bottom of the, um, property. And what's interesting, we just moved into the bigger house, which is like in the forest basically. <laughs> and, um, that transition has been super strange because there's a vibration higher up on the mountain and the vibration there has been like attuning me. Like these last couple of weeks, I've been really like um, letting go of like old patterns and thoughts like that. And it's like, lit- I, I really truly feel like the forest is like, we will not have that shit here. Like mm. if you're going to attune to us, if you're going to live up here with us, that bullshit that you had at the bottom, <laughs> like, you know, that stuff that you got away with when you lived at the bottom of the road or when you lived in Miami, which is super below like uh, sea, like sea level, like up here in the mountain, up here in the trees, like we don't deal with that bullshit. So there's been so much of that. It's like an attuning to the energy that exists there. I and mean, the energy... Um, in this area is very different than Miami. So um, it's just changing me Mm. in the best of ways. So beautiful. So beautiful. Oh my gosh, Nikki, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we got to do this. So where can our folks find all of your good stuff? And, and what do you have, what do you have to offer? What do you got, what do you, what have you got available these days? (laughs) Thanks, Andy. It's been the best too being with you. I'm so happy we got to meet and, and so grateful to be here with all you guys, the listeners. Um, I got a lot of stuff. So like if you just like podcasts and you think it'd be fun to hear about the celebrities, you can, anywhere you listen to podcasts, my podcast is Ask Nikki Novo, my name. Um, I am pretty active on Instagram. So if you just kind of want to check out my content, I'm there. If you're interested in um, studying the metaphysics, becoming a wizard, (laughs) you know, like really practicing your intuition, we have two levels. We have Soul Seeker, which is kind of like just the beginner, the layman. It's a, you know, an on-demand program. And then we have like a mentorship program with me um, called uh, Soul Teacher. It's a certification. So if you ever want to do that as well. 
And if you're interested in some of the dating work, I have a book called The Final Swipe, and that's on Amazon. Perfect. I think I need to come and hang out with you in the mentorship. I feel like I would just, I feel like there'd be a new level of blossoming. So good. So yeah. good. You you have that path for you for sure, Andy. Like I see that. You're just, you're just beginning. Yeah. I, I feel like so I'm then. into the wizard things for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Andy. Thanks, everyone. I told you this would be a juicy one and Nikki did not disappoint. If you've loved this episode and you want to share it with a friend or your community, you can post it in Instagram and your stories and tag us at your woo woo BFF. We love to see who is behind the screen, who's listening. It makes us so happy when you do that. Thank you for being here. As always, we will be back again next Thursday. We have another guest joining us, and I'll share more with you about Magic Mind, our first Your Woo Woo Best Friend podcast sponsor. In the meantime, you can check out Magic Mind in the show notes and get all sorts of additional information about Nikki, our soul strategy readings, and everything else we have going on within this community. Until next week, sending so much love. Happy, happy November and holiday season ahead. I'll see you soon.